All right, I think we are live here. Welcome to our viewing audience. Welcome to Free Trail Friday. Of course, I am Dylan Bowman here, joined by my good friend and collaborator, Hillary Allen. Hillary, hello, happy Friday, how are you? Hey, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> we're so happy to have you. And today we're gonna to be breaking down the action of next week's Madeira Island Ultra Trail. And uh, of course, Hillary, is the 2021 champion. The race happened just about six months ago. It typically is a spring race, of course, because of COVID. They moved it to the fall last year. So Hillary won the race back in November. It's still fresh in her memory. And so we're going to go into all the details of the race, of the com competition, of the weather conditions, and all that good stuff here in our conversation. Hillary, how are things in, uh, in the People's Republic of Boulder? Doing great. Uh, things are normal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, after, um, I got back here after gorge kind of reacquainted with the dry climate and, uh, snows melting in the high country. Uh, it's actually the perfect time to talk about Madeira because this is the type of course that I love. No offense, Dylan, for the gorge hundred K. I posted a little bit of a, of a joke, maybe a late April fool's day of how I'm breaking up with runnable hundred Ks. Um, so sorry, I'll, I'll come support from the yeah. sidelines or announcements next year, but, um, yeah, so just kind of getting my mountain legs underneath me, but, um, you know, the gorge hundred K for me was a bit of a rough day, but the whole point of it was a training run. So, um, it wasn't my a race for, by any means, but yeah, I can already feel kind of the benefits of that. Um, the good thing is, is that I didn't have a hard, a tough, like super tough day going to the well. So I recovered fairly quickly. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes you just have to grind through it. That'll no doubt be a big strength builder as you point towards UTMB. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that yeah. later yeah. on in the conversation. But again, welcome to our live audience here on YouTube. I just wanted to clarify up front, uh, the Madeira race that we're going to be talking about today is not happening until next week. So uh, mm -hmm. if you're looking for places to follow it this weekend, you will not find it. Madeira happens next weekend along with the Canyons 100K. I originally thought that we would break down both races in a single live stream, but looking at the fields and, uh, you know, sort of understanding that I'm a long-winded guy, I figured we better break it up into two separate shows. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just again, a clarification, Madeira is happening next week and then Canyons is happening also the same weekend. So next week's live stream is going to be devoted to the Canyons 100K, which is shaping up to be an absolute barn burner. One of the most competitive races on North American soil in many years outside of Western States. So you're not going to want to miss next week's free trail Friday. And speaking of Madeira and canyons, make sure you stick around to the end of today's show, because we will be making a big announcement that's relevant to these two races. So make sure you stick around to the end of our live stream today. Before we get back to Hillary and her intimate knowledge of the race that we're going to be discussing, I want to give a big thank you to Aura, our presenting sponsor for all of Free Trail Friday. These guys have been awesome supporters of Free Trail and Trail Society. Of course, Hillary is one of the three amazing co-hosts on that show. Aura is awesome, discreet, but powerful piece of wearable tech. I keep it on all the time. Great glimpse into your personal health and fitness. My HRV has been pretty solid, though. I don't feel like I'm sleeping super well. I've been feeling actually pretty darn great in my training. I'm flying to California this weekend to to do some more uh, big days as I try to 
do, you know, panic training. I was so inspired by everybody at Gorge that I felt FOMO in terms of fitness and the season actually starting. And I was like, you know what? I got to do some big days, but big shout out to Aura Ring. If you guys are in the market, please do check them out. There's a link in the description here in YouTube, or if you listen to this in podcast form, it's in the show notes. That link will get you six months free subscription with the purchase of a new Gen 3 Aura Ring. Shout out to Aura. As always, the chat is open. Get in there. Let us know what you're up to this weekend, where you're calling in from. Let us know if you have questions or comments about Madeira, and we'll do our best to monitor that and bring topics into the show that are relevant. Okay. Hilly Goat. Where do we start? Madeira. Back uh, in November 2021, you smashed it. You were (laughs) victorious on the island. Maybe to get us started, give us a quick introduction to the race and a little bit of a description of what the athletes are in for this weekend. Yeah. So Madeira, for those of you who don't know, geographically speaking, this is a Portuguese island. However, it's technically closer to Morocco and the continent of Africa than it is to Portugal. So it's far to get there, but um, it's this beautiful island. And I actually got introduced to it through sky running. My first race on Madeira was the sky race where it was a 55 kilometer race and we climbed 4,000 meters. So you think that would be, you know, okay, yeah, short course, that's fine. But Madeira is basically the XL version of this. They, they're they basically double that. So you're going to, there's a lot of elevation gain. It's very steep. It's a very typical European um, European mountain race where you're starting at sea level, but all the climbs are steep and basically straight up. So you might not have to deal with altitude like here in Colorado, but, you know, vertical K climbs are no joke, especially, you know, 80K deep into a race. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess what was your experience with the race? I've always heard very positive things about the Madeira Island Ultra Trail. Of course, the the big race, which we'll talk about today is the 115K, but they also have shorter distances and Mm -hmm. everybody unanimously, everybody I've spoken to says it's one of the most well-organized, one of the most beautiful courses in the world. And it's not just the top professionals saying that people like you, but also sort of middle and back of the Packers say it's an absolute bucket lister type event. I've never been. Would you agree with that characterization? I would absolutely 100% agree. So even before this race was on the ultra trail world tour circuit, starting in 2015, um, you know, the, 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 the culture and history of mountain running in on the Island of Madeira, it's been there for years and Madeira is its economy survives based off of tourism. And so I think they really take care of the people that come there and everyone on the island knows about this race, whether it's the big 115 K crossing of the entire island down to, you know, the marathon. Um, And so it's, I was just blown away by it. I mean, even during the pandemic, when I went there, they had testing sites on course, super safe. Like you couldn't even start on the starting line until you had like a negative COVID test. I'm not sure if they're doing that still. I would assume so because it's an Island and they Mm. have to be safe. But then even with that, like all there's, it's so, so well taken care of from the tourist board, um, like Machicho, which is the kind of the finishing area. Um, they sponsor it. When I went there, um, you know, they offered for the winners, um, you know, basically experiencing the other aspects of the Island, like canyoning. Cool. Um, but it's, it's, 
basically to say that it's just, it's a rich culture and they love the sport of ultra running. You have support and spectators on, you know, on all parts of the, of the course, um, because it's a very important part, I think of just the Island life in general, like yeah. people come there to run the race. So Incredible. yeah, it's super well organized for elites, but down to the very last finisher, they pay, they pay close attention to yeah. everyone. And to our soccer fans, in the audience, yeah. I know it's the birthplace of Cristiano Ronaldo. Is it? I think even the airport is named yeah. after him. Or, yeah, the cri- airport is named after him. You fly into the Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> International Airport, which yeah. is fantastic. It's a Portuguese <laughs> territory, though it sits in the middle of the Atlantic. And actually, Hillary, this is probably a great time to start talking about the course. I'm going to share yeah. my screen here. And when I share my screen, I'm actually going to be sharing Hillary's incredible Strava activity from... <laughs> her run last year in 2021. Again, this was back in November. So Mm -hmm. I guess let's zoom out for a second, show people where this is in the greater context of (laughs) mother earth. So you see this Island sits in the middle of the Atlantic ocean. It's again, a Portuguese territory, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's out there. It's closer to Morocco. It looks like than Mm -hmm. it is to Portugal. How do you even get there? Hilly goat. Yeah. And so you see people know like La Palma islands, it's just North of there. So I had to take, I had to take, uh, three flights to get there. <laughs> um, so typically speaking, you can kind of connect to Portugal and then like Lisbon, and then you fly over to, to, um, to Feng Shao, which is the capital. Um, and so, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of travel to get there just because there's, there's, you have to get there in three flights. There's no shorter way to do it, yeah. <laughs> especially from the United States. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a super small Island. So, I mean, to kind of put this in perspective from Feng Shao, um, that's in the the North, um, sorry, the South part of the Island, that's the capital right here. where that little picture is exactly, yeah. um, that, uh, there to like the start of the race, which is Porto Muniz on the, the upper part of the street, exactly there. That's only about an hour drive. Mm. So it's, it's not that long and you can actually drive the entire length of the Island, probably in about an hour and a half. Mm. Um, so for me, I actually went there a little bit early and I was able to kind of get on every single part of the course for the most part, um, you know, before the race, of course, there's a couple reroutes and like, um, things that I wasn't aware of when I, during my training. So I didn't get to see every kilometer of it. Um, but it's so cool because you get to traverse the entire Island. Um, yeah. Which yeah, is so a popular thing is, to do in the yeah. European ultra circuit totally. with things like Transgrand Canaria, mm-hmm. the Grand Transvolcania. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So they, they love their Island traverses and it does make just fantastic ultra experiences where you go point yeah. to point and get to yeah. experience an entire Island over the course of whatever, <laughs> between 15 and whatever the cutoff is for this race, probably 30 plus hours. So talk a little bit about the unique topography of this course. Everybody says that it's sort of like Grand Raid Junior, which makes me uh, a little bit nervous having suffered through the Grand Raid last October. And you mentioned in your opening description that there's just VKs wherever, you know, in every Mm -hmm. direction effectively. Actually, our guy, Ryan Thrower, the great producer of everything we do here, Free Trails on the island right now with Jim mm-hmm. Walmsley and Jess as Jim prepares for the mm-hmm. race this year. Ryan's going to be photographing his effort out on the race course next weekend. But yeah, tell us about these climbs and descents. What are the athletes in for and what makes this island unique? 
Yeah. So a couple comments. I mean, we can see my, the elevation profile here and you can kind of see the steepness of it. So, I mean, pretty much every climb is like the grade of like a VK. So you're climbing a lot. Um, I mean, total, I had about 24,000 feet of gain, um, uh, you know, in a, basically a marathon. And then, um, then you had to kind of, then it's actually net descent. You don't see the descent on here, but the net descent is, uh, is 26,000 feet. So you actually have to run like a downhill marathon to the end, yeah. which is a bit. So, so the, the, but so you can see that at the end. Right. Yeah. Um, and so what I think why this is a mini, um, or a little, uh, a smaller version of the grand raid, the, the, the one that you, you did Dylan is because there's so many stairs Yeah. and, um, like all. And so I don't know if it's faster to go uphill or downhill when you're running stairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it just, it can be a little bit jarring with, um, cause sometimes it can be very short and small and I have very, I have big feet. So sometimes you have to like, you know, go sideways, Yeah. but you know, so the first, so we'll start at the beginning, like Puerto Muñez, that's where you start. It's from the ocean. It's amazing. Um, and you climb up and it's a road climb at the very beginning. Then you do this steep little descent and then everything else is on trail. Um, but every climb is very steep and you have some sort of stairs in there. Um, and the time of year when I did it, it was very wet, like muddy. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a rooty and, and rocky course. Um, some of the stairs are made out of rock. And so the first descent that you see um, on my Strava profile. This big right, long one. It's, but look how steep it is. Yeah, right. Well, I was just going to point out mile 12 has 1800 feet of descent in it, which is insane. Uh -huh. Like that's as yeah. steep as it gets. And it's, it's nearly vertical. Exactly. It's slippery. It's rocks. And so when I did it, it was, it was wet. Um, and I think the hard part of this course, um, is because you think it's on an Island. It's like a tropical paradise because you know, it's, it's pretty close to Morocco. Well, no, it's actually, um, because there's such extreme differences in elevation, you see this maybe between, you know, zero to 5,000 feet, but at 5,000 feet, when I ran it, it was freezing cold yeah. at the high points of the race and literally ice on the trail. And so there can be huge, um, swings in temperature, um, especially because this race, it starts at midnight. And on the Porto Minas side of the island, so the north side of the island, is traditionally known as the, the, they say it's a bit fresher, <laughs> the really? more fresh side of the island. So it's colder. colder. Um, so it's like, you know, runners who are racing this, or if you plan to race Madeira in the future, even if it is like the spring or the fall, whenever this race is held and has been held in the past, that can be a tricky part because you get cold. It's um, probably why you see most of the towns yep. and civilization along the Southern mm -hmm. end of this island. It's the same at, on Reunion Island mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so exactly. It's just a bit colder over there. Um, a bit more rugged trade, less popular from a hiking perspective. Um, yeah. And so those, I think that's a pretty cruxy part of the course because steep ascents, very steep descents, and you're doing that all at night. So, um, I remember that second climb and you can see that second climb. It's like, it's insane. You, again, mile 15, you're climbing 1600 feet. feet followed by 1300. Yeah. So like I said, it's a VK. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah. Um, but I would say like some of like, you can see it's kind of following this ridge line. I would say that that's a, like, that's a pretty, 
like to start out, like, you know, it's, it's very hard start. And if you start out too hard, uh, you're going to be cooked for the last part of the race, which is I easy think, to do because it's such a competitive field this year, which we'll mm-hmm. get to in a little bit. Right. And, and I it, think that the next part I want to point out is you see on the map, it says nuns Valley. Yep. Right here yeah. in the center. So, yeah. So I think that this is right around mile 30 or yeah, right there. 38, okay. 38. So this, I would say is where the race begins. This is one of the, so in my training, this is where I was like, okay, like I've got to come here with energy because that climb out of Nuns Valley, and this is called Cural in Portuguese. Um, so it's the Cural aid station. Um, this guy, man, it's (laughs) such a tough climb. You go up to the tallest point in the course. So maybe if, you know, from Colorado, that's at a high altitude standpoint, but this is one of the most spectacular, breathtaking, beautiful parts of the race, but it is so slow and so technical. And again, it's like almost a VK in, in a climb. And you basically climb up to um, Pico Oriolo, that one, and then Pico Ruvio, which are the two tallest peaks. You do this iconic traverse um, on like where there's cables, there's literally vertical stairs made out of steel that are always wet and there's tourists. So you have to like, make sure that you like people are usually, that's where the iconic photos are taken that come out of this race. Yeah. Yes. And I think our guy, Ryan Thrower again, tagged that, that peak today. So I think he might be watching us live. So maybe he could provide a little description in the chat here on YouTube. So exactly. And, and, and that section is just so pretty, but actually nine times out of 10 that I was up there during training, Training, it was like it was pretty windy and very chilly that I actually needed like uh, a jacket and gloves and a hat. Wow. Um, but actually on race day, it was clear as day and actually started to get like pretty hot. So there can be some extreme temperature swings in this race. Yeah. Um so then, yeah, from there, I think that's like kind of a pivotal point. And if you climb that well, if you do that traverse well, then it's kind of like <laughs> downhill, downhill to the finish. Quote yeah, unquote. so I was going to ask about that too, Hilly, because mm-hmm. I've always yeah. heard that this last 15 miles or so, which of course, as we can see, is a net downhill, is actually like the most runnable part of the course. And not yeah. just because it's downhill, but the trail actually smooths mm-hmm. out a little bit. Is that the 100%. case? 100%. Yeah. yeah. So you and really so you have see- to arrive there with legs. Right. Quote unquote legs. So there are still some very steep sections with stairs. Like you see after that kind of balcony and then a strip cut off. Like this is because like at the very end, you see this flat section on the, on the Island. It's a really unique part of, of Madeira. You're running on these things called levadas, which is basically a way that they've ported water, um, all along the, it's um, like an irrigation system. Exactly. So it's like net downhill, but it's basically flat. And then so you have a levada flat, flat, flat. And then you have like a steep descent, usually with stairs, then a levada again, and then a steep descent and then a levada again. And now this section, Dylan, that you are putting the cursor on is probably one of the the most beautiful parts of the entire race because you get to see like the Atlantic ocean just crashing into Madeira, like below it are just cliffs. You're on this like balcony trail it's such a pretty way to end the race. But again, this, the last 10 miles are the most manicured and clean sections, no roots, basically no rocks. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of like insult to injury if you're feeling tough or like trying yep. to push it. Um, especially if your quads are sore from after all of that. But you're uh, so close at that point. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a it's a great description of a brutal course, as Hillary said, seventy two miles, twenty four thousand feet of climbing, and uh, as I said, it's uh, has a reputation for being a very very hard race, even though it also has a reputation for being one of the best and most well organized races out there. It used to be on the Ultra Trail World Tour, now independent and still attracting some of the best athletes in the world, which we'll get to in just a second. I think we should just talk about the weather conditions just briefly. Um, it looks like a nice day uh, is going to be awaiting the athletes. Of course, I don't know how accurate these forecasts are, but the race starts next <laughs> Friday night. It shows a few showers, only 43% chance of rain, lows in the 50s, highs in the 60s. Of course, the uh, most of the athletes are going to be finishing sometime midday, to the evening on Saturday, which looks like a pretty nice day. I think they're taking these uh, weather me measurements from the capital, from Funchal, down mm -hmm. on the southern coast of the island that Hillary just pointed out to us. Hillary, any comments about the the weather conditions? And I know you mentioned that last year it was quite wet, and so mm -hmm. you probably had some muddier trails. It seems like it's been mostly dry on the island. Actually, mm -hmm. maybe Ryan could chime in on the chat too, tell yeah. us how the trail conditions are, but Hilly, give us your, uh, yeah, your, your two I, cents. I think I think that's, that's correct. I think that's generally why they have the race in April, so it can be a bit drier. However, I think uh, weather reports from Feng Shaw won't really be that accurate because you have to check if it's in like Puerto Munez, like the, the north side of the island, or actually even better, yeah. from the Pico Ariolo or whatever, um, from the very top Pico Rubio, they have a weather station up there. Um, so you can kind of get a, a gist for maybe it's 60 degrees in Feng Shaw, but it might be pretty cold up top. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, maybe I'll see if I can pull that up when we start talking about these pro athletes it's let's get into now because it's going to be yeah. crazy competitive again um some of the best athletes in the world making this their season opener including two of the great americans maybe the two of the best of all time certainly two of the best americans of all time courtney dewalter and jim walmsley are both on the island but let's start talking about the professional fields and start with the women course we mentioned Courtney DeWalter she doesn't need a uh, an introduction to our audience here but uh yeah it seems like she's been at a Solomon training camp in the area mm -hmm. at a different island archipelago in the Atlantic and now yeah. probably taking that fitness and that acclimatization to a different island in Madeira uh Hilly start talking us through some of your your colleagues on the professional <laughs> female circuit yeah, so Courtney, she was the winner in in Madeira uh, in 2019 before it was canceled, but due to COVID. Um, so she's she's you know very familiar with this course and race. Um, so wanted to note that Katie Scheid was also on the starting list, but she's actually not going to start the race. I think she had um, a bit of some some, some like just she said she got COVID. Yeah, she said yeah, she wasn't she feeling ready. She spent all summer skiing mm -hmm. and had a little fall at Pyramenta, the multi day ski mountaineering mm -hmm. race that caused a small injury, but then she said she wasn't feeling great and got COVID and then took it as a sign from the universe that it was time mm -hmm. to just press pause and focus yeah. later on in the season. So shout out so to I Katie Scheid, American yeah. living in France, but she will not yeah. be taking the start line, even though I think she's still on the list. 
She is. But so another another person, I think maybe this, this, uh, to, to, to kind of start this out, I think Courtney is there as an American. Um, there's a couple Americans there. However, I think a lot of the density of, of American um, athletes are going to be drawn to canyons or, you know, or people that are kind of racing Western states. So we'll get to tune into Dylan next week and kind of get that feel. But we're going to talk a lot about the, the Europeans um, and I've raced with a lot of these women and men, so hopefully I can give a little bit of some insight, but Audrey Tange, she is a force and she's going to be, this is this, her style of course. I mean, she does have some leg speed. She was sixth at Western States this last year. Um, she's a talented all around runner. Her and Katie Scheid and our training partners, they've done races together. Um, but Audrey Tange, of course, I finished second behind her at TDS. You guys had a battle at TDS. Epic. Yeah. <laughs> so she's really strong on the steeps. I think this is a really, this is a course that's going to, um, suit her. She did t- uh, Transgrand Canaria. So, um, in 2020, she was fourth there. So she's, she's awesome. Um, and kind of along with that, um, Claudia, um, Claudia, she actually, Claudia Trumps, Trumps, yeah. um, she was actually third at TGC this year. And she was second at Transgrand Canaria behind Caitlin Gerben in 2019 or yep. 2020. Um, ninth at UTMB, very strong runner. Again, this is, I Spaniard. think, a style, of course, that serves her. Yep. So. Yeah, and I think the Spaniards are typically fitter earlier in the year. <laughs> if we, we use Transgrand Canaria as an example of that. It's almost always won by... Well, at least on the men's side, it's almost always won by Spaniards. Thinking about mm-hmm. Pau Capel and uh, totally. Pablo Villa winning like the last six years between the two of them. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, Claudia Claudia Tramps Spaniard uh, on the women's list will be one to look out for. Yeah, and I mean, so another another couple of them that. Um, so I think overall the women's uh, race is not as competitive as the men's, but I still think that there's a lot of interesting things that can happen here. Um, Esther, Esther Fellhofer, she's an Austrian. And looking at some of the races that she's done, she's had some really strong performances and, and some very like kind of similar profiled races, but local Austrian races. Um, so some wins and some strong times, it looks like. So I think she could be a contender on a course like this. Um, of course, we got we got Corinne Malcolm over there. Corinne Malcolm, yeah, American, yeah. I know so excited to see her. Corinne back on the start line. She ran a solid, I think, seventh place at Way Too Cool after mm-hmm. like a year and a half or almost two years, maybe, without racing right. due to COVID right. and an injury. So, and so she pulled the band aid off at Way Too Cool. Hmm. I'm sure it was a great fitness boost and strength boost for her as she. And this is the type of course for Corinne too. Of course, she set the FKT on the Tahoe Rim Trail. So sort of the longer, gnarlier stuff is definitely Mm -hmm. in Corinne's wheelhouse. So can't wait to see your Trail Society co-host, friend of Free Trail, get back on the racing scene before the two of us sit in studios and do a lot of commentary uh, in the middle of the summer. So shout out Corinne Malcolm. We're definitely cheering for her. What about Katrin Gertz? Because... This is yeah. a Swiss runner who, between the three of you guys, Audrey Tange, Katrine, and yourself at TDS 2019, all three of you guys had a little bit of a battle between uh, the three of each other. And and then, of course, mm-hmm. you and Audrey pulled away, and then Audrey pulled away from you late in the race. But <laughs> it was an incredible race, and, and this is also a course that suits her really well. Mm-hmm. She's 
done well at Lavaredo, mm-hmm. done well at TDS. So yeah, yeah I think strong. she's she's another yeah exactly she's another force to be reckoned with. Um, so I think you know maybe with TDS she had a baby started out a little bit too strong, but she's like she's very fast. So and again this suits the races that she specializes in. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the only other name I wanted to bring into the conversation is Marilyn Nakash. Another, yeah. I think she's a French, uh, French woman as well, mm-hmm. but she's mm-hmm. very strong, consistent athlete on the mm-hmm. European circuit. Sixth at UTMB just last year, third at ultra trail Cape town, just behind yeah. Courtney DeWalter, the great American champion. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun to see the women's race and especially to see Courtney DeWalter back out there. Too bad. Katie Scheid isn't going to make the start line. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, anything can happen. So it's going to be fun to see. So moving on to the men's yeah. race. And I think I agree with your characterization that the men's race is maybe a little bit deeper, a little bit more competitive, uh, you know, still headlined by probably somebody who everybody would assume to be the favorite in the women's race. It's Courtney DeWalter men's race, none other than Jim Walmsley, mm-hmm. the great champion for Flagstaff, Arizona, the first step in his path towards being all in on UTMB this year. Of course, he and his partner Jess are getting married in I think just a few weeks and then moving to Europe. So, mm-hmm. um, they're over on the Island now, uh, Hilly kick us off on the men's field. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that with Jim, kind of, like you said, all in to, to this kind of Euro style of racing. So we'll see how that goes for him, but yeah, there's a ton of people, um, on the start list. So a couple I wanted to start with, um, so Andreas, um, right terrier, how are you saying? <laughs> he, yeah. Thank you. Um, he was, he's a strong runner third at ultra trail Cape town. So like kind of the same kind of style, um, these more like, and like I said, Jim is probably one of the only Americans that like stood out to me. Um, so these are all like these European powerhouses that have had really good results. Um, and Andreas is one of them. Yeah. Um, Another one I think to watch out for is although Katie Scheid is not racing, her partner Jermaine is racing yeah. and Jermaine has had some really good uh, races. He pl- placed fifth at UTMB in 2021, bettering his ninth, perf- ninth place performance in 2020. So I think he's getting better at the, at the longer, um, vertier races, um, so I, th- I definitely think that he's one to watch out for. And he's yeah. definitely, he's done this race before as well. Yeah. Super strong. And he and Katie seem to always do the same races as one another. It's a, yeah. I think a fascinating dynamic that they have in their relationship. Yeah. And like we said, it's too bad. Katie's not going to be racing this weekend, but maybe it'll give Germain a little bit of an advantage because she can maybe crew <laughs> for him and, uh, and be a supporter. Yeah. And so, yeah, it'll be fun to see him race. Of course, the French right now and the men's side of the sport are just dominant. If we look at the top five finishers mm-hmm. at UTMB last year, all Frenchmen and, uh, yeah. yeah, especially this type of a course. I mean, the talent that is coming out of that country right now is crazy. And Sherman's definitely on the yeah. top end of that list. And some, two more, two more Frenchmen that I actually did want to mention too. Yeah. So this is Thibaut um, uh, Gavier, and he he did he was first at CCC in, in 2021. He's traditionally done a bit like shorter races, faster races, but he's still he's still very strong. So kind of seeing if um, you know his his fast fitness will kind of hang up, um, you know, in, in a bit more of a mountainous race. I think this kid, honestly, Thibaut Gavier, mm-hmm. is the 
probably the biggest threat to Jim Walmsley this weekend. This dude mm-hmm. is an absolute stud. Like you yeah. said, one CCC last year, he's won Transwalkania. Those are two mm-hmm. world-class races. Mm-hmm. I see this guy as sort of like the next Francois. I think he's like 31, mm-hmm. super pro, very talented. And, he's been uh, around for a while. He's got experience yeah, and, and he's got some very good performances. And one in mm-hmm. very convincing fashion at CCC mm-hmm. against some incredible competition. So Thibaut yeah. Gauvier, I think is uh, a very interesting character that maybe American ultra fans are less familiar with who they should keep right. an eye on this weekend. Agreed. And I also think another Frenchman is uh, Mathieu Blanchard. He, um, he did, uh, he was ultra trail Cape Town. He was fourth there. Um, uh, 2021 fifth at marathon to sub. So he's done some long stuff third at UTMB in 2021. Um, so he's a strong contender as well. Yep. Yeah, Matthew, yeah, third place at UTMB, sort of the biggest surprise of the race right, last year, right. and at least yeah. on the, the podium for men and women and the world's biggest stage there. So yeah, super mm-hmm. talented Frenchman, used to live, I think, in Montreal, but I think he's moved back to right. the home country. So uh, yeah, those are our Frenchmen. And then we've got uh, also some Scandinavians in the field. The Scandinavians are also crazy yeah. strong too. <laughs> Petter Engdahl, did you have him on your list too? So, I did, yeah. So, so this guy showed a lot of heart at OCC last year, and I think he sort of came up in kind of the sky running, shorter distance trail stuff. And I may be wrong about this, but I think he may have like either a ski mountaineering or a Nordic ski background. But mm-hmm. I think this is the longest race that he's done thus far in his career. I think he's still pretty young. So Petter Engdahl doing a longer race, uh, but full of heart third at OCC last year, super talented. And then Norway's you have, uh, Eric Sebastian Krogvig on your list. I do. <laughs> stud, stud. I don't know this guy personally, but he was third at go. Lavaredo. He won TDS mm-hmm. and then he dropped out of this race last year. Mm-hmm. So he's so back. Redemption. redemption. You know that tour. that's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge tour. You know, you know how I love those. Totally. Yeah. Oh man. And okay. So there's, I mean, there's two more names that I wanted to mention. Um, I know Christopher Clemente. This guy is a Spaniard. He's got some speed. Um, you know, he's done some ninth at UTMB in 2000 and 2019. Um, second at this trends, 100, uh, Andorra, the Andorra Pyrenees, a very technical hundred mile race. Um, I think he's done Transvolcania. He, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a very good runner. Um, so I think, you know, if he has a good day, he could be a contender for, you know, some top, top 10, top five. Um, but a little, I want to do a local shout out to, to Luis Fernandez and maybe people don't know him, but he actually, Luis, I got to share some miles with him on the, the island of Madeira. He's a local, he lives in Machicho. He's like on the, the government, like, I think he's a governor or something or on like the, <laughs> some sort of political board in Machicho. So he's just this all around, like amazing guy. He actually won um, the Madeira Island Ultra Trail. So he won you in 2015, like the first year is on like the Ultra Trail World Tour. So he's a strong runner. Um, so just wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out. He's racing this year. Heck yeah. And Jordi Gamito and another Spaniard too. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the, the Spaniards, like we said, are fit this time of the year and yeah, it'll be fun <laughs> to see the, the local legend. What's his name? Luis. Is that right? Luis. Yeah. Luis, so yeah. fun to see him. <laughs> One other name I just wanted to point out before we move on again, this men's race is going to be hyper, hyper competitive. Somebody who may be flying under the radar. It's a guy named Lambert Centelli. He's super, super talented, broke 
Francois's record on the GR20 on his home island of Corsica. Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, you know, lives on an island himself. And from what I re- recall from the couple of times that I've raced against him, both one being at Trans Grand Canaria, the other being at the Grand Raid, he races with a fairly aggressive style. So he might be the type of person that we see near the front with, you know, the consummate front runner, Mr. Jim Walmsley early in the race. Uh, we'll see if he can hang on, but the GR 20 and breaking Francois's record there is like one of those types of performances that's world-class. And so definitely puts him in a category where he could be a threat, even though his name's less familiar than some of the other ones that we've mentioned. Any other, any other thoughts about the professional races, Hilly? No, I just, I think, I just think it's such an interesting race. It's like, I think that there can be just like any ultra, there's some, some carnage out there. It's a tough course. So it's like not over till it's over. So it'll be really interesting to follow along. Yep. Any other closing comments before we get to breaking our big news here on the show? Like what's, what's next for you after recovering from gorge and looking ahead towards UTMB? What's in between? Oh man, it's, it's getting, like I said, my mountain legs underneath me again. I'm so excited for summer adventure, for high country, for steep, steep, steep climbs. Uh, so, you know, training for, um, a San Juan solstice, a 50 mile race here in Colorado. Dude, that's going to be a, that's going to be a race. So yes, it is. Did yeah. So Claire Gallagher is running. It sounds mm-hmm. like, and then yeah. did you hear Hannah, Hannah all good is going to, yeah, race I know it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I, I want to come um, out. It's the same weekend as Western should. States. I know you could do two, two, uh, live no, yeah, kidding, right. we just split you in two. Um, so that, and then of course I got to do my gravel bike races. So I'm going to be doing a 200 mile gravel bike race before San Juan solstice. Some other gravel bike races sprinkled in there. I think I'm going to be at Speed Goat for the 50K, and then I head on over to Europe for uh, UTMB. Perfect. Well, we can't wait to see you. And yeah, thank you for coming to Gorge. It was so awesome. And it was, you know, sometimes you just don't have a good day, but kudos to you for slogging it out for a super proud finish and uh, taking, yeah, you know, there that there's benefits, there's strength, there's learnings that come from just slogging it out, even on days that aren't going your way. So kudos to you for doing that. And, uh, thanks Thanks. again for coming. It was a joy to have you here and we got to hang out a bunch and that's always fun for me. So Hilly, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm going to sort of hog the microphone now for a little while. If you want to jump off, you can, but it'd be fun to keep you here too. You can chime in if you feel like it. (laughs) So to our viewing audience, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have some very exciting announcement to make here on free trail Friday. That's relevant to the race that we just covered Madeira and the race that we're going to be covering next weekend. That big announcement is that free trail is launching fantasy trail running starting with these two races coming up next week. So I'm going to show you guys how to use our new platform, how to make your predictions. And you have about a week to lock it in. So you can think about it over the course of the next few days, make sure there aren't any late scratches in the field. Um, but you can always adjust your picks. Uh, so, you know, you'll just have to let me show you, I'll do it a quick demonstration and then you can meditate on who your predictions are for the top five at the Madeira Island Ultra Trail and at the Canyons 100K. Again, two crazy competitive races that are really 
getting us into the heart of the racing season this year. So what I'm going to do is share my screen now. I'm going to give you guys a little demonstration, and then I am going to send you on your way for the weekend to think about how you want to approach your fantasy trail running here for the first couple of races. So here's our platform, fantasy.freetrail.com. Navigate to this website and you're going to see a list of events. Right now, we have a shorter list, uh, though we will build this out over the course of the coming weeks and months. I'm going to show you the results from the Gorge Waterfalls races because this is where we did our beta test. I'm going to click on the 50K and you'll notice that my wife, Harmony Bowman, won the beta test of the Gorge Waterfalls 50K. In fact, she guessed the women's podium or the women's top five in perfect order, perfect accuracy. You'll notice she didn't do so well in the men's race, but because she crushed it in the women's race, Harmony Bowman taking home the victory in the beta test of Fantasy Free Trail. Now, going back to the main page here, let me show you how this is going to work. So I'm going to pull up canyons and give you an example. And I hope this is, uh, you know, an easy to use platform, but certainly we are open to your feedback as to how we can make it better. This is our launch, but we expect to make this a lot better over time. And I have to say, give a big shout out to Travis Longcar, who made this platform, who coded all this stuff himself and made this possible for us. And we here at Free Trail are so excited about it. And uh, this is going to live on our new website that is going to be launching here in the next couple of months. So shout out to Travis, big thanks to him. This is such a fun thing for us. And especially for people like me who are uh, what, what would I call myself? And a, uh, I don't know, a crazy indulgent ultra fan. So here we go. I'm going to give you a little demonstration here. So just for the interest of time, I'm just going to pick the top five men. These men are ordered by their ultra signup ranking. So you'll notice their ultra signup percentage is here. So, uh, that's how they're organized here on the fantasy start list. I'm going to now sort by females. I'm going to just pick the top five just for fun. Now navigate up here again. We're only going five deep in fantasy free trail to this point. So, um, keep that in mind. We're not going 10 deep. Uh, we're going to start with five and I'll show you why here in just a second. But if we're looking at our top five, of course, once we've made our picks, we can then organize them in the way that we want. So for example, if I feel like Reed actually might win the race, I'll move him up into first place. Similarly, if I feel like Ryan Miller might actually finish fifth, I just drop him down a couple of spots there. Then when I'm ready to submit my picks, I, all I do is press this button. It's not going to allow me to right now because I'm not signed in. So I guess I should also mention that up here in the top right corner, you just sign in, create an account. You can use your Gmail or your Twitter account for the authorization, or you can punch in your, your email address and make a password as well. So if I was really confident in my picks, I would hit submit picks right here and that would lock it in. Uh, and then I got to show you guys an incredibly cool feature that we think will hopefully give this a sort of viral uh, dynamic to it. What I can do here is click this share picks button. And now bear with me as I navigate over to my Twitter account, pull up a tweet, 
copy paste this into my Twitter account and you'll see what it says. Check out my run free trail picks for the Canyons Endurance Run 100K. It auto populates the hashtag that's going to be used for the race, which I have confirmed is going to be hashtag Canyons by UTMB. And then it shows the order of the athletes with the appropriate emojis. And then you just hit tweet and you send your picks out into the universe. And then as people are clicking on that hashtag as they're observing the races, you can uh, keep track of everybody's picks. One thing that I did just want to mention too, is that if you don't want your picks to be public, you don't have to make your picks public. And if you play and you win, it's, you don't, the, your picks will never be shown in public in order. So uh, I know there's some people who would potentially not want to, you know, show their allegiances or their predictions publicly. But for the rest of us, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and you can still play even without sharing those picks. So now you guys all have one week to get your picks in for the Madeira Island Ultra Trail and for Canyons. I'm going to just go to the Madeira list here quickly as well, just to show you one thing. So of course, Madeira is not on ultra sign up. So we have these athletes ranked by their UTMB index. And we took the sort of pro fields in both races um, that were with a public entrance list that was provided by the race. You can sort by men and women. The women's field has fewer numbers. That's just because we're taking that list that the race did provide. So you guys have a week to make your picks. The winners from both these races are going to get swag from us here at Free Trail. You also get a sweet new rumple blanket uh, that you can use all summer in your adventures, in your lounging in the grass and in your sunbathing. So you'll get maybe a sweet hoodie like this from Free Trail or a hat or a tee or a rumple. All just kind of depends on who wins and what we have available. But really hope everybody's excited to play. We're really excited to roll this out. Again, the vision for us is always, how can we make the, the experience of the fan better? How can we serve people like Hillary and I who love this sport, love talking about it, love bantering about it, making predictions? I'm the type of person who loves the pre and post game analysis as much as I love watching the games myself. And we also are passionate about lifting the profiles of the professionals in our sport, giving people incentive to learn more about the professionals in our sport. And maybe down the road, we'll start linking to their Instagram accounts and things like that too. Uh, but again, please do navigate to fantasy.freetrail.com. Maybe if Harmony or Ryan are watching, they can put it in the chat for our viewing audience here. Go get your picks in. Come play fantasy trail running with us. And then after this week, we expect the next event we'll do this for is the Cocodona 250 in a couple of weeks in early May. And after that, it's Western States, Hard Rock, UTMB. We may end up doing uh, something for one of these full race series too, like Golden Trail Series or the UTMB World Series, things like that. So that's all stuff that's in the roadmap. Again, a big shout out to Travis Longcar for building this for us. Uh, an awesome, awesome programmer. Can't wait to sort of see how this grows, evolves, and improves over time. Hillary, any comments about uh, fantasy trail running? <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I got to try it out a little bit before Gorges, and yeah. I think this is so cool. I yeah. mean, we, we talk about it so much in the form of like, you know, a pre-race lineup, but I think this is really going to be cool so that everyone can kind of 
weigh in and what they think and uh, pick their favorites. If there's like, you know, a sleeper or a dark horse, you know, I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Well, Hillary, thank you for joining us. It was super fun to connect with you yet again. We've seen a lot of each other recently. It's always a joy, always a pleasure. Good luck with your training for your gravel races and for the San Juan solstice. Don't be a stranger. What's, uh, what's on trail society next week? Yeah, everyone should listen in. It's a super, super timely episode. We talk about heat training and acclimation for those of you running Western or just any race. It's like in the summer where it's going to be hot. So, you know, Corinne, thankfully, she uh, she has a master's degree in this stuff. So she's quite the expert. So we interview her and kind of walk you through that. So it's one that you don't want to miss that comes out next week on Tuesday. Incredible. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for joining us here on Free Trail Friday. Always fun to do these little weekly live streams. Again, don't miss next week. Get your picks in before then. We're going to break down the Canyons 100K next week. It's going to be wild race there on the Western States course. Three golden tickets available in both the men's and women's races. So six total, some of the best athletes in the country and even a couple international athletes coming over to make their shot at achieving and capturing those golden tickets. So for Hillary Allen, my name is Dylan Bowman. We'll see you back here next Friday for another great Free Trail Friday. Have an awesome weekend, everybody. Woohoo!